Selma after me. Uh, not, yeah. uh, he seems to, I might have to watch my wife and Ron there, I tell you, it's making me nervous. But uh, he's talking about Don Moen. Now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he traveled with Billy Graham, didn't he? During his, uh, is that right? Is that, didn't he travel with Billy Graham? I don't know. Uh, I think it was with this Johannesburg and South Africa crusade. He traveled with Billy Graham. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did because I Googled it while you were singing, and that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I thought he did travel with Billy Graham, but that's why I Googled it. So I thought, well, they'll think I'm going to know something here in a minute. <laughs> no, that's talking about to get a certain age, you say what you want to. It made me think of uh, uh, Seinfeld. He caught his uncle stealing. He said, I can't believe you're stealing. He said, we all steal when you get a certain age. He said, what are they going to do? They catch you stealing. He said, I'm an old man. Where have I, I don't know where I'm at. Where am I? I thought this was mine. He said, that means I don't do nothing. So. <laughs> hey, man. I was watching today. Hold on, hold on. I can hear you online. Oh, I'm sorry. I was watching today. It was a rerun of a Billy Graham crusade. And had George Beverly Shea, Billy Graham, and Cliff Barrows, who led his music. And uh, they had somebody said they wanted to hear those three sing. Cliff Barrows, uh, Billy Graham, and George Beverly Shea. And they asked uh, Billy Graham, said, uh, well, what song are we going to sing? And Billy Graham said, the only one we know. <laughs> and so they started singing, this little light of mine. <laughs> well, it, what got so, what was, uh, struck me so funny, it got to the part that says, not gonna let Satan blow it out. Not gonna, and then and Billy Graham go, no, no, no. <laughs> that was that was one of the cutest things I ever seen. That's funny. You know, I've noticed a lot of people get really emotional when I sing. I've seen a lot of. <laughs> it causes people want to get saved. It does cause them want to get saved, and hence their prayer lives and all that good stuff. So. No, it's good to be uh, back in front of the pulpit, uh, of course, I, or behind it, I guess I'm not in front of it, behind it, but uh, uh, last Sunday, is a real honor to be back, and getting better slowly but surely, and really, really thank you all for your prayers, and it's been much needed and appreciated, thank you all very, very much, and uh, uh, just as I said last Sunday morning, the outpouring of support and love that has been shown to me really touched uh, my heart and Brandy's too, and uh, you know, as the dad can tell you, sometimes a pastor feel kind of lonely. Sometimes you wonder if anybody cares or not. And the amount of people who come and saw me in the hospital, it really, really touched my heart. I can't thank you all enough. Really can't. But uh, so I'm on the mend, still sore, and uh, we're, of course, Brandy beats on me, but uh, so still a little sore. But uh, getting there slowly but surely, and getting being able to do a few more things than I have been here lately. But uh, run run the risk of overdoing it, get feeling a little better. Brandy gets on me big time because uh, uh, she won't be overdo it. But uh, you know, Ronnie's talking about uh, Ephesians six and talking about the whole armor of God. You know, it um, it's something you know. I hope everybody realizes that as Christians. We have to continually put on that full armor of God. Now, this, you know, of course, my teaching tonight, uh, uh, that's not really part of what I plan on speaking about, but just you talking about that is just, we have to constantly arm ourselves. We have to constantly guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And, uh, 
there was a friend of mine, she got saved last night, and uh, I was talking to her on the phone, and she accepted Jesus Christ Lord and Savior. And that's one thing uh, I was telling her, that one all the way that we can fight, you know, this, I think, you know, so I think sometimes it's so easy to want to do things on our own, and, and we worry about things. And we have to remember, this is our sword. This is how we fight back. You have to memorize Scripture. That's the only way you fight back against fear, anxiety, and the troubles of this world is through God's Word alone. And, um, and, and that's why it's imperative that we spend that time in the Word each and every day. And uh, life can get frustrating. It can get aggravating. And uh, we may get into that here in a second. But it's just that uh, uh, particularly uh, when those storms of life hit, uh, realize you're not alone. And that's what I was trying to explain to her that you know, now that she's a newborn baby Christian, that you're not alone. Before you were by yourself, before you had all these things, but now you have Jesus with you. And I just want to encourage you all each and every day, don't forget the power that you have with you. Don't forget the power of Jesus Christ that is with you. You know, something Dad told me, told me a long time ago. Sorry, I don't know where I've been laid up or what. I've been a little emotional here lately. I don't know that or, or the PMS. But anyway, it just, uh, I, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> but something Dad told me a long time ago. I was terrified about coming and, and therefore preaching and speaking. And uh, he said, just imagine yourself in a, in a boxing ring. And he said, remember, the old devil's in one corner trying to psych you out. And he's trying to scare you. But he said, remember that Jesus Christ is beside you. So when you're in that battle, when you're in that boxing ring, the devil's trying to psych you out and make you think that you should be afraid, that you're alone, that you can't overcome, that you can't do nothing. Remember the one that's beside you. Amen. Amen. Remember it's Jesus that strengthens you, that empowers you, that helps you to have the confidence to push forward. Don't ever forget that. Remember what old Winston Churchill said, never give up, all right? And Buzz Lightyear said, never give up, never surrender. So don't forget that either. But, uh, <laughs> so let's look at our Bibles this evening at Luke uh, chapter 10. Never want to forget the wisdom of Buzz Lightyear. So <laughs> I want to see that new one, but Brandy won't let me. She says it's too sad, so she said she don't want to see it. Luke chapter 10, and we'll look at verses 38 through 42 of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. And it says, Now it came to pass as they went they, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she said, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha has cumbered about much serving and came to him that said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And then, and Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Let us have a quick word of prayer, if we may. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you for uh, another opportunity to spread the gospel message. Uh, Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. And 
Lord, thank you for the strength and the confidence that you give us each and every day. Lord, uh, let us be used for your service. Uh, Lord, let this word go out this evening. Let it touch the hearts and minds, be edified to the listeners and glorified to you. And Lord, let us serve you in all things. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, so now we're looking at, uh, my point in this uh, teaching tonight is uh, talking about being busy. And sometimes we can be very busy, but not getting a lot of things done. And uh, one thing with me being laid up uh, with this surgery, I've never had nothing to this extent before. It's, it's been pretty massive. And, you know, I really, I really honestly thought after a few weeks I would be feeling pretty much exactly. That's exactly what I thought. And I, that's, that's what Dan says every time I start talking. He says what I sound like. But I, when I'm complaining. But uh, it just, uh, I really thought after a few weeks, you know, I'd, the soreness would be gone and I'd be pretty much over it. Well, it's it's not going as quickly as I hoped it would be. And I just, it, it's been aggravating because I feel like there's so much I need to get done. There's so much I need to do. There's so much, you know, I worry about dad and his health and I've got to get back behind the pulpit. I've got, there's things that need to be done. There's uh, ministry ideas I have and there's things I need to do. And I just... It's just been driving me insane, you know. Uh, Randy can tell you, even when I'm sick and I should be laying down, I've, I've constantly got to be doing something. It drives me crazy. And she's constantly on me about, about resting. And um, it's hard for me to be still. And that's just it, you know. I think God, uh, there, uh, through, uh, of course, you know I stay sick a lot anyway. But I think the Lord, through that, has been teaching me a lot of things um, it, because where I... I constantly feel the need to stay busy all the time that God comes and says no you just need to be still for I'm God you need to be still and you just need to listen a little bit uh, because sometimes we get so busy about things and that we tend to want to take control of our own lives and sometimes we get busy and um, you know are we sometimes we have to ask ourselves are we really doing this for the Lord or are we doing this to be seen and sometimes the pastor, it's uh, those lines kind of be blurred a little bit because even though I'm trying to do things for his service, sometimes I feel like I have to do something because, well, I'm a pastor, that's what I have to do. But, you know, and so uh, on the outward look, yeah, he's, he's doing service, but am I doing it out of obligation at a, or am I doing it out of true service to God? And, and so and this, this has been on my mind. In fact, I, there was, uh, I was actually had an entirely different uh, way I was going to teach tonight, another idea, and, and uh, one thing I have to do uh, with a surgery uh, is walk a lot. And, and the, even the doctor said, he goes, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but he said, you have to walk. He said that, that tearing and that healing, that tearing and the healing, he said, that's what's actually going to make you better. So I forced myself to walk. And by forced myself to walk, I, I like um, uh, being by myself. I, I, I don't have no headphones or nothing. I just constantly, as I'm walking, praying. And I'm like, God, you know, when, when I told Dad when I trying to speak tonight, I said, I was praying, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? I said, here's what I'm thinking about. What do you want me to do? And just just having that quiet time. You know, I can't express enough. You know, not only do we need that quiet you know, to read our Bibles and pray, but we need that quiet time with Jesus Christ. You know, that's one thing I was telling you. I had a long conversation with Jim yesterday. He's having some troubles. He called me and uh, had a long counseling session with him over the phone yesterday. And, uh, you know, I told him, you know, he's asked me about prayer. And I said, you know, I said, one thing we have to keep in mind, it is a conversation. I said, I think sometimes it's so easy to say, you know, think of God as a, as a, a, a almighty genie, if you will. God, here's, what, here's my needs, 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 needs. Here's what I have. This is what I've got to do. You know, and then amen, gone. 
You know, and I said, when you're talking to somebody, you don't want to sit there and just constantly talk and then just walk off. Well, one, that would be rude. And two, that's not much of a conversation if you're the only one talking. Now, I've talked to people like that sometimes before. That's all I'm thinking. Are they ever going to catch a breath? You know, and uh, uh, it's just, you know, uh, you sit there thinking. And finally, they go, and I say, okay, let me tell you something real quick. You know, and, and, uh, and seriously, I've had counseling sessions like it where they've just been, and I'm thinking, you know, I need to hear what they have to say. But at the same time, they need to shut up for a minute and listen, you know. And, uh, and so sometimes, you know, not sometimes, but every day, we need to shut it and listen. All right? We need that time with Jesus Christ. We need the time with God and to listen. And I, and I really feel like um, as, as bad as this has been, I would not wish this on my worst enemy. This has been horrible beyond words what this has been like. It's, it's worse than anything that I ever even imagined. In fact, if I know it had been this bad, I probably would have fought tooth and nail to ever, ever have it done. But the positive side of it is that it has allowed me some real, real quality time with the Lord. And I, I, I wouldn't take that back for nothing in the world. And again, I apologize. I want you to think I'm a big crybaby, and, and, and I hate that I, I get emotional. But it's just like last night um, when I was witnessing to this young lady. I told the Spirit of the Lord it just come over me so strong that I was getting choked up going through um, the uh, the prayer of salvation with her because it's just uh, I just couldn't explain it. I mean, it just almost give you chills how the Spirit of the Lord come upon me. And when I get up here and preach, I feel that same sensation. And I think that's why I get so emotional. I just feel Jesus with me. Amen. And if God is for us, it would be against us. But we look here, verse 38. And it says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him to her house. So you got to imagine um, in, in, in that, of course, Jesus' fame, there probably was a lot of followers. Uh, in fact, there said that there might have been as close as uh, 70 just of, of, of those who followed Christ who had been out uh, ministering in different areas who had come in at this particular time and moment. Uh, and um, there was different like feast of festivals and things that were going on. So that might have been why there was a little more than usual. So you got to imagine there's a lot of people there and following Jesus. And so there's a lot going on. And when I was reading this, I couldn't help but think about my mother-in-law. All right. And uh, because uh, uh, she and her sisters, they have big get-together, family get-togethers all the time, or they used to. They don't know as much as they used to. In fact, I've been a little disappointed at the lack of gatherings here lately. And because they put on a spread of food like you wouldn't bless you. Spread of food like you would not believe. I mean, it's just, oh my gosh. It would put any buffet to shame. It's just unbelievable. And, um, and they're all fussing about trying to get everything ready for everybody there to eat. So, they uh, quit laughing, Sharon. You get me cracked up here. So, they, uh, so they, they're, they're fussing about everything. So, that's what I, was, I kind of imagine like a big, that's such a big gathering. There's a lot going on, all right? And so, so Jesus is there. But here's the thing, though. Martha received him to her house, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now, there is not a common... Uh, for someone, a disciple particular, to sit, sit at a master's feet to really listen to what was going on, you know, to, to, to take it in completely. So you can imagine Jesus Christ, here it is, the Messiah of all people. You would want to sit at his feet and listen, okay? 
I mean, you, could you imagine? I mean, we can only imagine uh, the existence of Jesus Christ, even though he is real uh, and, and that he did exist on this earth. He exists now. Uh, but to physically see him, you know, you can only imagine the magnitude of something like that, you know. But it amazes me, you know, we have people who deny the existence of God today. Uh, in fact, there was a, a video I was watching upstairs because uh, when Dad's there, I can't study because somebody's blasting music. And so uh, <laughs> and, uh, so I thought, well, I might as well just watch the videos because there's no studying going to get done here. So, <laughs> And I get to hear stories about old rock and rollers that passed on. But anyway, uh, so <laughs> it, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he just died today. I yeah, okay. All right. Thank you, sir. But anyway. <laughs> No, no, I like hearing those stories, but uh, I'm just aggravating him. But anyway, there's like a video of, of these, um, uh, there's like 20 of the most, uh, uh, I don't know, miraculous things that happened. They said the capture was proof of existence of God. And these people, I mean, it just miraculously would just, out of the, just in the nick of time, uh, they would walk off and a car would just, I mean, come barely through there or, or something would collapse and it's just, I mean, within seconds of that, you wouldn't believe the godless comments that were on there. But my point of that is that so many people deny God today and here Jesus was walking the earth and they still denied him. I, that it blows my mind that the Pharisees and people who still denied him as the Messiah, here he's, he's healing people and doing all these miraculous things. And yet they still said, oh, no, that isn't. So, you know, it wouldn't matter if God materialized and proved himself right here. They would still deny him. Why? Because the God of this world has blinded them. Their hearts and minds have been blinded. Amen. And so that's why they cannot see. They cannot understand the things of God. They cannot understand his power and might. But Mary here understood what was going on. And so she wanted to sit at his feet and she wanted to listen to what he had to say. So, but Martha, verse 40, was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone, but bid her therefore that she help me? Now, this is the part that really made me think about Sharon and her sisters. Because they all fuss about trying to get everything together. They got all this food together. But they may have one sister who's not doing anything. And I've watched them. And I can see them walking around doing stuff and they're looking. Why is she doing nothing? Do you see her sitting over there? She ain't doing anything, is she? Watch her. Here, we've been making this food all day long. And she's going to go over here and sit. You know, and I see them just looking, giving dirty looks. And I, when I was reading that, I couldn't help but think about them because I, could, because I only imagine that one sister sitting there and they're all fussing about trying to get everything together. And then you just see the, the dirty looks of like, why is she doing nothing? Won't you get in here and help us? We're trying to get some potato salad out in a bowl. You know, I guess I can tickle. So I can only imagine Martha looking at Mary and we got guests here. We're, we've got, look at all these people. We've got to get this together. And then she looks at Jesus and says, won't you make her do something? But see, that's just it. She was serving. All right, Jesus has a lot to say about serving, but she was doing it out of anxiety. She wasn't doing it out of a humble heart. Mary understood what was going on, the ramification was going on there. So that's why she was sitting at his feet. And that's why, if you notice, it wasn't Martha here that's the, the, the significant one of the story. It is Mary. Because you notice she did, she blocked everything out. The focus was on Jesus. And see, that's what is so easy for us to do. We could get so busy in our lives. We have a people, you know, 
my daughter's in high school and uh, my son he's he's down in Florida and they, they and I know he's he, I, I worry about him uh, not so much um, safety wise because he of course I worry about that too and pray about him but he's very driven and I and I worry that uh, I want to make sure that he I've told him before he left and I tell him all the time I miss him you keep Jesus first I know that he wants to make it big I know he wants to make it rich and but I don't want that for him to make that him his God I want him to make sure he keeps Jesus first there's nothing wrong with working hard but make sure you keep your priorities where they need to be and that's just it we get so busy in our lives and we think, well, you know, when this storm passes, maybe I can rest. When this week ends, maybe I can rest. When this happens, maybe I can rest. But there's always going to be another storm. You may get through one storm, there's going to be another storm. And see, that's one thing that I see all the time with my health. I hate it with a passion. All right? It just seems like when I get through one thing, it's another. I get through one thing, it's another. And I, I, I dread telling Dad because I can just hear his voice, what now? You know? <laughs> I've told you to stay in your bubble <laughs> breathe the oxygen I, I pumped in there. You know, and so he, uh, I know he gets, he gets aggravated with me. And I hate it too. I hate it with a passion. I want to be healthy. I want to be able to help him. I want to be able to assist him. I want to do what needs to be done here at the church. But there's always going to be a storm in our lives. There's always going to be something else. Once you get through one, it's going to be another. We get so caught up in our jobs, wanting to be successful, wanting to make money, wanting to make a name for ourselves, wanting to do this, accomplish this, accomplish that. All these different things in our lives that are going to happen and will happen. But are you are trying to take control of things yourself, deal with those yourself, or are you putting God first and making sure that He is the one that is in control? And that's one thing I pray about every day. Lord, help me to, uh, to understand and, and to have the strength to, to endure the things that I cannot control. And that's one thing that uh, I have to really work on. Because as somebody who is a fixer, see, I'm a fixer and a doer. That's, that's what I do. When I see my wife upset or my dad upset or somebody in here upset, I want to fix that. I don't like, you know, and, and, that, and so I have to realize there are things outside of my control that I cannot do. I cannot handle. And so I have to depend upon God in all areas of my life. And sometimes you can get so focused on the things in your own world. You can get so focused on the, on the problems in your own life. You can lose focus on what's important. See, Mary was focused on Jesus. She was focused on the right thing. If you notice, she blocked everything else out. She was focused on Him. Martha was scurrying about. She was worried about this. She was anxious about that. You know, I talked to so many people who deal with anxiety issues. There's so many people on anti-anxiety medication. Now, I'm not, you know, saying that usually, you know, if you're on anti-anxiety medication, you're not saved. I'm not saying that. There's some people who need it. There's some people who've been through traumatic events who may need it. I'm not saying that that's a sin to be on that. But I think there are a lot of people who are on it that don't need to be. They realize where their focus should be at and, and realize where their strength drew from, they wouldn't need it. Amen. Because what does Philippians 4, 6, and 7 tell us? To be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God in what? In the, in the what? Peace. Peace. Why don't everybody say peace? Peace. 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 All right. Of God. That surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be anxious. Again, what 2 Timothy 1 7 tells us to be that we should not be afraid of anything. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So those things that make us fearful, those things that make us anxious are not from God. 
So those things that, that when we start feeling that anxiety, when things are not, you know, and I've been in a lot of situations where I feel, felt very fearful and had a lot of anxiety and it, it makes you sick to your stomach when you're dealing with these things. But just like I was saying at the very beginning of this, God is with you. Just as you're in that, in that ring, that battle, that fight, you know, every day you wake up, it, it is not uh, a matter of it, 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 is the devil is the devil going to attack me today? He is going to attack you, and just like Romans so mad in Ephesians six, you better have on the full armor of God, Amen. because you are in a battle. And, and, I, and I know I've, I've, I've talked about this uh, before uh, in this in this illustration before is the fact that uh, you know you don't want to be in an army that's going into battle who never who never trains. Lays around the pool all day, eats nachos all day, and you know uh, they're going to. If they go into a battle, they're going to get slaughtered. But you want to be in an army where people train every single day, who's ready for the for the enemy to attack, who's on the defense, who's ready to go into the battle. And those are the people who train every day, who run every day, who who practice with their weapon every day. Well, as Christians, we are in a battle every single day. And so that's why this is our sword. This is how we, if you don't practice with your sword, how are you going to fight in the battle? How are you going to have that shield of faith? How are you going to endure those fiery attacks from the devil? It is only through studying God's Word, spending that time in prayer. That's the only way you're going to overcome those, those storms of life, that anxiety, understanding and being fully, 100%, completely, utterly dependent upon Jesus Christ, completely focused on Jesus, sitting at the feet of Jesus, focused on Him, listening to Him. But we allow so much of, of, of life, so much of our 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 day-to-day -day things get in the way. Our focus is drawn away. And guess what? It's a, it should be no shock to us because uh, the devil, that's what he wants to do. He wants to distract you. He wants to pull your focus away from Jesus Christ. That's why he, he's here to cause division. He's here to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to do these things too, so you will, your focus will be on everything else. So you'll be fussing about like Martha on everything else that's insignificant, unimportant, instead of focusing on the one thing you should be. And that's why we have to work hard at that each and every day. And I think that's one thing that God has shown me uh, through a lot of my health issues is to show, to understand that my dependence has to be completely and utterly upon Him. Each and every day. Not just every now and then, but each and every day. You know, I do a daily devotional uh, every morning. And I know some of you in here watch it every morning. I know Jerry's pretty good about watching that. And uh, uh, one thing that I do when I sign off every morning, I say, uh, and remember, live each day as if it were your last. Because one day it will be. One day it will be your last. We don't know if it's today, tomorrow, next month, next year. You know, when somebody gets a terminal diagnosis, they're really upset because they, because they, they, the doctor's giving them a grim diagnosis. And that's and I'm not to minimize that pain. I think you know sometimes as Christians, we feel guilty uh, if we get bad news. We're like, oh, I'm not supposed to feel that way. How how can I feel that? Way? You know, it, it's okay to get upset. But anyway, my point is that you can get a terminal diagnosis. But the thing that is, none of us are promised of tomorrow. See, none of us are promised a long life. Nobody is promised, you know, and that's one thing I was preaching about last Sunday, you know, that's uh, Billy Graham was talking about that in the brevity of life, that despite all modern science, generally most people don't live past 70 years of age. That's just the general rule. But the thing that is, 
We don't know when our last days are on this earth. So that's why we must live each day. If we're at our last, we must live each day for Jesus Christ. We must live each day and serving God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our being. We must love the Lord thy God you know, with everything we have. That's why if you want to know why you exist on this earth, we exist on this earth to serve Jesus Christ. That's why we live. That's why we're here. And if you have lost your direction, if you've lost where you need to be, you need to seek out, God, what, what are you, how can I better serve you? Whether you're in the service industry, whether you're retired, whether no matter where you're at in your life, you can ask God, how can I better serve you? We have, uh, Brandy and I have some neighbors um, uh, down below as they're retired. And they're constantly with uh, Samaritan's Purse out ministering and, and serving the Lord. So even if you're retired, there's no, there's uh, right there's a prime example as to why you know, you can still be used for Jesus, even being laid up like I've been laid up, and you can't get out of bed, you can't do anything, and it is so frustrating. But guess what? Modern technology has made it possible for you to still minister online. You can still uh, post Bible verses. You can still post some devotions. You can still reach out to, well, maybe there's, there's so-and-so. I've not uh, talked to them in a long time. Maybe I should reach out to them and say, hey, I'm praying for you. I, I hope you're okay. Witnessing to somebody on. So, so there's no excuse for you not to be able to minister for Jesus Christ. So realize that. Be careful about your, your fussing about. But anyway, verse 41 says, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. One thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, but should not be taken away from her. So uh, ask yourself, uh, you know, uh, are you uh, taking, I uh, uh, can't talk here, should not be taken, all right, let me bring it in, all right. I don't think that I have ADHD because I can't spell it, but uh, I... <laughs> But sometimes my mouth goes faster than I think. I don't know if anybody else does that. But uh, that's been a big problem in most of my life. My dad would get on me and say, I wish you would think before you speak. You save yourself a lot of trouble. And I found that true in marriage as well. But uh, <laughs> I need to really think about it. Because once it goes out, they ain't no bringing it back in. And I'm not able to run and move as quick as I used to. So, <laughs> but anyway... But one thing is needful. Mary has chosen that good part. So that is my question to you this evening. Have you chosen that good part? Are you sitting at the feet of Jesus? You know, when you go before God in prayer every morning, you are showing humility. And, you know, we are inherently selfish people. And uh, it's so easy to elevate ourselves. It's so easy to... Uh, uh, to, to pander to our selfish needs. But uh, our, when we go for God in prayer, we're showing true humility that, God, I'm willing to be used for your service. And, you know, there's a difference between driving down the road in your car and uh, cops behind you praying, oh, God, don't let me get a ticket, then, and, or in being on your knees in prayer at home and saying, oh, God, how can I be used for you? So are you being humble before Christ or are you being selfish? So you can be fussing about being busy in a lot of areas of your life and getting nothing done. Or you can put your focus in its proper place and make sure you're putting God first and allow Him to be in control of all things in all areas of your life and being malleable. Malleable means you being able to be molded and shaped in God's service. So that's what we need to ask ourselves. Am I being humble? Am I being focused? 
And am I asking God if I'm being used in the proper way for His service? Not to be seen by others. Not out of anxiety, as Martha was, but out of true humility before God. Well, that's all I have for this evening. And uh, Dr. Young, would you want to close in prayer? All right. I'll hand it over to him. Let him close in prayer. Okay, let me just bring it over here. Never mind. I'm sorry. He's trapped in there. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you so very much for this very relevant, insightful, powerful message we've heard tonight. Indeed, let us not be so concerned with fussing around with so many distractions in life, but let us every day sit at the feet of Jesus. You have told us that those who seek you early shall find you. And so, Father, as we leave here tonight, I ask that if anyone knows you not as the Lord and Savior of their life, that they pray this prayer that I'm about to pray. Dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I receive you as my Lord and my God and my personal Savior. Holy Spirit, please fill me to overflowing. And thank you for saving me. Father, we thank you for this time this evening. Please keep us in our going out and coming in. And give us traveling mercies until the appointed time. For these things we ask and pray in Jesus' name and all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Be careful driving home.